Good morning and welcome to the third episode of the Maryland Bike Club's Coach's Corner. I'm Alex Spraggs. I'm the race director of the Maryland Bike Club and with me this morning is Coach Paul, owner of philosophy.cc and bike coach to the Maryland Bike Club. How are you doing this week, Paul? I'm doing great. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me again. We've had a lot of interest in the last couple episodes, and we've got some great new questions this week that I'm really excited to look uh, to, to get into, and, and questions, uh, particularly the first one that I think will be really helpful for a lot of riders that are newly getting into cycling, um, but also for uh, old hands in cycling who uh, maybe need a refresher, or this could, this could very well be new information for a lot of um, uh, riders who've been around for a while. Um, so the first question, which is really core, particularly for uh, Fondo riders, is um, you know, what are some tips for the beginner or the advanced rider going out for long rides or three to four hour ride, these weekend rides? Um, what, what kind of, how should they be fueling themselves for that ride? Um, in ter- like both before, during, and even after, the ride, how, how should they be thinking about their nutrition? This is a great question and one I get asked all the time. Um, when it comes to long endurance rides, you always want to, no matter how advanced you are, you always want to go back to your foundations. If we're talking from a nutrition standpoint, um, it's good to think of it exactly as you described in three pieces, pre-ride, during the ride, and post-ride. In any of those situations, you break it down further into uh, the content of the food and the timing of the food. The timing is much more important than a lot of people give it credit to. Um, So if we're looking at pre-ride, ideal digestion time is about two to three hours. That's how long it takes for everything to get processed and redistributed around the body so that you can literally access the carbohydrates and the calories that are uh, in the digestive system. So if you're planning a 10 a.m. leave time on a weekend for a ride up to Squamish, you wanna be up at 6, 6.30 and eating around seven and finishing that meal before 8 a.m. so that you've got at least a two hour uh, leeway. Um, That would give you plenty of time. (laughs) Um, The only issue with that is if you're doing early morning rides, not everybody's gonna wanna get up. If you're trying to leave by 7 a.m., most of my clients don't want to get up before 5 a.m. And, and try and find something to eat. So a couple hacks there. Um, one hack would be to make something like overnight oats. Have something pre-prepared, right? Get up, eat it, go back to bed, get the extra sleep that you're after, uh, but make sure that the timing is within that two to three hours zone. Um, the other hack would be, now this is not ideal because we know that in order for you to digest it properly, we need that time. Part of the reason why it takes so much time to digest is because food has a lot of fiber in it and a lot of content. It takes time for it to break down and to get through. So we can kind of bypass that by um, changing the type of food that you uh, eat from something that's more solid into something more liquid. So if you've got 20 minutes, and you're running out the door now if you're doing a three four hour ride i do not recommend that that's your strategy but you could basically make a nice uh drink mix and make it fairly concentrated make sure it's high sugar and have that because that will take 20 to 30 minutes to get through your system okay or even having a gel 
or a uh, Lara bar or something like that as you leave the house. Um, if you have an hour or less, then something with the consistency of a ripe banana. A ripe banana would get through you pretty quickly and chase that down with some orange juice and a sip of coffee or something to that extent. Um, the one thing that doesn't follow the uh, liquid digestion rate continuum, if you will, <laughs> um, is something like oatmeal. So oatmeal has a liquidy consistency, depending how you make it, but it has a long digestion time because it's a slow burning fuel. Um, it's a, a complex carbohydrate. So I guess that transitions straight into what should you eat? Um, as cyclists, especially on long rides, even if they're easy, at some point your body's gonna be burning glycogen. Glycogen comes from carbohydrates. So we inherently need carbohydrates to fuel big rides or to fuel intense short rides. So it's always useful first thing in the morning to uh, have something that has a high carbohydrate content. Oatmeal is my favorite. I have oatmeal, nuts, a little bit of honey, and a mashed in banana. It's, it's got everything you need there. It's got a little bit of protein, a little bit of slow burning fats from the nuts, um, but high, high carbohydrate content. You're going to need that uh, for your ride. Um, so that can sometimes um, step on people's toes a little bit if you're coming from a fitnessy background and you're maybe trying to follow a paleo diet or a um, ketogenic diet. Um, I would say you don't, you don't need to change your philosophies too much. You can still stick to those things, especially on the days around your riding when you're not doing high intensity rides but you might need to make a small exception for those big rides and if you're doing like a, uh, a ketogenic diet you might just have to have a scoop of mashed sweet potato handy that you pre-make during the week and you can have that just a scoop of it before you um with your breakfast before you leave the house right so yeah that leads us into the next discussion, which is the on-road uh, nutrition. And uh, you're familiar with this one pretty well, Alex. <laughs> We've yeah. talked a lot about uh, nutritional time. So before I get too stuck into it, is there anything that you personally have found useful for on-ride nutrition? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've I've gone through a few phases of um, trying to figure out what's best for me, um, uh, and I've in the end I've realized that really kind of mixing things up is what's best because I I've I've kind of dedicated to one thing and then another thing, um, but I like to do a mix of gels, um, so I uh, either I, I used honey stinger gels and. Uh, now I'm using the born gels, which are more liquidy, which are a lot easier because I don't, for me, I get the issue of when I use the stinger gels, because they're basically the consistency of honey. I have one and then I just get honey all over my hands, when I'm riding, <laughs> yeah. which is just brutal. Yeah. Uh, the born gels are more liquidy, so you can kind of ch uh, chase that down and, and uh, get on with it. And then I also like those little pancakes I really like, the, or the waffles, the little... Stroop waffles. Stroop yeah. waffles I really like. Uh, bananas I really like. So I'll take uh, gummy bears with me, you know. Just kind of yeah. mix it up and keep it interesting because, um, uh, yeah, it, it can get a little monotonous on long rides because you, you end up, I end up 
taking in quite a bit of, of carbohydrates. I try to take out in quite a bit of carbohydrates during my ride. Um, so yeah, I, I like to mix it up. I think, you know, whatever, whatever gets you eaten on the bike is the best. But one thing that is for sure, um, is that, uh, that's like mixture is really good for longer rides, which are a little lower intensity, but when the intensity picks up, I turn back to sports drink yeah. gels that's because true. when I'm under high intensity, there's no way I'm getting in a Stroop waffle. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, it, it's, it makes it really hard to breathe properly. You can, you, you, you I, I can like drop back and lose the, my power outputs cause I'm just too focused on eating. Whereas a gel, you can just crank it down, stay and stay focused. And yeah. sports drink is, is probably the easiest in, in, in races. So you touched on some really, <clears throat> some really important things for consideration. <clears throat> if we're looking at like precisely what you should have, um, it, it starts to get a, a bit bland, right? You know, like ideally uh, gels, if you if you can stomach it, or sweet bars, essentially, like that's what you're burning when you're when you're riding, especially as the intensity or the duration goes up. You're just going through the carbohydrates, right? And if you think about the carbohydrate content per volume of food, you're getting a really high payload with the gel versus a banana. Banana, you're probably like the size of that food that you're taking with you is uh, quite a lot, but it's got probably a medium sized banana is around 20 grams of carbohydrates. Whereas uh, one of these, born bars is almost 40 grams of carbohydrates and it's less than half the size right so that's another thing for consideration is are you training are you doing a social ride or are you racing if it comes down to racing um <laughs> michael wegner who, who's uh who is the distributor at uh, born north america has a really funny uh anecdote that i that i take from him all the time and he's like you know, when I see a guy doing a crit and he has a banana hanging out the back of his pocket, I know that's not somebody I need to worry about. <laughs> you know, they, they obviously don't understand the demands, right? And like you said, um, having a range of foods is really good. So let's look at it more from a training perspective. Let's just look at that for a moment. Having a range of food is a good idea. Um, you're going to get different types of carbohydrates when you're mixing your food. You're going to get slow burning and fast burning, and that's really good. Um, so having a mixture of different types of bars, maybe even you make your own bars. There's a lot of great recipes out there. Um, having some bananas, having some real food, there's nothing wrong with taking real food with you. It's just, uh, how much can you take? Right? So, and now that it's trendy to have a bar bag on the front of your bike or a little bento box on the top tube, it makes it much more convenient to take stuff with you. Right. Um, so in a practical sense, how should you use that food? So again, if we're looking from solid to liquid, solids are going to take much more time to digest versus liquids, right? So with my solids, how I try and arrange them, and again, this is totally down to rider preference, and that's something that you, you mentioned, you know, like I find that this is how I feel best when I'm eating, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a huge range for individualism when it comes to um, nutrition. So be open-minded to try new things. Um, but how I usually arrange it back to that topic is I front load my solids. So in the first like hour or two, I'm having mostly bars and maybe some shot blocks. So shot block is kind of like my alternative to having a gel. 
And I find that having like a Lara bar where it's made from dates and nuts and real food is easy on my digestive system. So when it's always gels and it's always like sweet bars, like cliff bars or these born bars, they are scientifically formulated, um, but nobody's sitting there thinking about how comfortable you feel. So you've got to experiment a little bit. So uh, in the first hour, having that lining in your gut of some real food, maybe it's a banana, I find personally that really helps. And a lot of my athletes have kind of echoed the same sentiment. Then as either the intensity of the ride starts to increase or you start to get to the second half of a long ride, say the third and fourth hour of, uh, of an endurance ride, you're going to be relying more on liquids. So you're going to be jumping on those gels and making sure that your uh, water has some drink mix in it too. So that's a really useful way of getting more carbohydrates in you without having to carry extra food, right? Again, you need to be a bit careful there because on most, um, so I'll, I'll show you, uh, I use Born Iso Pro. And on the back, you can figure out exactly how many carbohydrates are gonna be in an average drink bottle. So like a 500 ml bottle is a small one, a 750 ml bottle is a big one. And you can precisely calculate how many carbohydrates are there. They'll have a drink mix ratio on there. Now, you want to err on the side of caution when, you, when you're using your drink mix ratio. So when they recommend take two scoops per 500 mils, that's usually to get your fluids isotonic. And so we'll talk about what that means in just a second. But one mistake that riders can make when they're starting to try to get more calories into their water bottles rather than take more food is they can make their uh, water bottles too concentrated. Right? And that changes it to something called hypertonic. Hypertonic means it can actually dehydrate you. So when the liquids are going through your digestive system and the, they meet the blood barrier, the blood barrier is either going to take water up or take water out of your, of your blood. And it all depends on the concentration of those liquids. So water is hypotonic, which means it's more hydrous than the blood. So blood will pull water into the cells and through the capillaries, et cetera, et cetera. If it's isotonic, basically your body just takes whatever it needs. So it's also crosses the blood barrier and it evens out the concentration so that the blood is more, more uh, hydrated. If it's hypertonic, you can actually end up the other way where accidentally you're pulling water out of the bloodstream and dehydrating yourself faster. So following the instructions on those is pretty important um, and checking the nutrition guidelines just to figure out your carbohydrates. So if we're looking at um, specific ride nutrition, so we'll transition from like the individualism to like specifically the science behind it. Most athletes can absorb about 60 grams of carbohydrates per hour. And we know that if it has um, some fructose in it, you can absorb up to 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour. And you want to try and absorb as much as your body can tolerate because that will increase your performance, right? Simply put, if you're on the bike, if you restrict your calories, you're restricting your performance. That's as like bland as we can put it. So don't hold back. Don't use your riding as a weight loss method, right? We all want to get faster. So make sure that you have enough with you. So for, for example, today, <clears throat> today I'm going to go for a ride. 
and I know that I want to try and get about 90 grams of carbohydrates with me. So I have all my nutrition lined up. I know that I have about 35 grams of carbohydrates here in one of these bars. So for those of you on the podcast, I'm looking at a born lemon lime extra bar. I have 35 grams of carbohydrates. I also have uh, born gels, the liquid gels, like uh, Alex was mentioning. They're very liquidy. They're not that kind of like thick toothpaste texture, so they're easy to take on. These guys have 21 grams of carbohydrates. So between these, I have around 55 grams of carbohydrates. And then mixing one of my drink mixes in a 750 mil, I know that it has about 60 grams total, and I'm gonna consume that bottle over an hour and a half. So I'll have about 40 grams in an hour. So I'm getting just over 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour. So I'm hedging on the side of safety, have a little bit more than I need just in case. Um, then I just need to figure out how many hours I'm going for, and that will tell me how many bars that I'm going. So if I'm going for a five hour ride, I need five bars and five gels. Now, when you start to mix your foods up a little bit, that's when it gets a little bit more complicated to calculate because Lara bars have a different carbohydrate content. Bananas have a different carbohydrate content. You can figure it out. There's lots of um, charts on Google. Um, I encourage you to look it up and start to just like take notes after your rides. How many grams of carbohydrates did you take with you and how did you feel? That's really important. Okay. We passed that one to death. The next one is hydration. Okay. Super, super important. So can I, can I jump in there? Actually, um, there's a couple interesting things <clears throat> I learned and my experience has, has borne it out. When you are trying to take on a lot of calories, a lot of athletes, not all athletes, some athletes don't have any issue with it, but a lot of athletes can get like an uncomfortable stomach feeling. Yeah. And when you were talking about um, how much drink mix to put in your drink, another aspect of drink mix is that um, when you take on just straight water, fresh water, it triggers a stomach emptying reflex. So anything that's kind of like in your stomach that that's kind of backing it up or making it feel uncomfortable. If you take fresh water, you could, you can help oftentimes help that out by helping to just trigger the emptying of the stomach into the gut. Whereas taking on sugar water doesn't trigger that same response. So, you know, having fresh water on board, especially when you're having a lot of solid um, carbohydrates, I've found for me to be very helpful. Um, and also on the, on the, on the performance aspect, I, I think I got this from the trainer road guys, but they were talking about how a lot of people, when they go cycling, they're like, okay, this is a weight loss thing. So I want to not have too many calories on the bike because that will enhance my weight loss effect. But the trainer road guy was saying, um, but if you do take on carbohydrates, you can put out more power yeah. over the course of the ride. And by putting out more power, which is directly uh, equivalent to how many calories you're burning, you can burn more calories over the course of the ride, get stronger because you're getting a better training input, and be able to put out more power and burn more calories in the future. Whereas if you're restricting calories, you can't put out as much power, you can't burn as many calories, and you can't and you won't be um, producing the capability in yourself to burn more calories in the future through yeah. riding. That's definitely um, a major one. And yeah, and a common novice mistake is to not bring enough food with you. Um, 
sometimes it's uh, because people have um, taken up cycling as a weight loss method and don't realize that they're actually restricting their performance, like you said. And sometimes it's a, a misconception that the fitter you get, the less food you need. When you look at how much the pros are actually eating while they ride, that's where we're getting all this data from, that we can eat up to 90 grams of carbohydrates. And um, I also listen to Fast Track um, podcasts, I think it's through Cycling Tips. And they had the Lotto NL Yumbo um, head nutritionist there. And he was saying that he's trying to experiment with um, and had huge success with one-to-one ratios of glucose to fructose because they know when they do that, they can take on even more. And they've had their riders taking up to 120 grams of carbohydrates per hour. And if you actually sit there and calculate how much 120 grams of carbohydrates is in terms of food and bars and gels and rice cakes and things, it's enormous every single hour. It's massive. So, and, and like you said, ultimately it comes down to performance. If you're racing, you want to get the most out of that day. So why would you restrict your calories, right? It's all about your literally your performance relies on how many calories you can put out and you are relying on your stored glycogen. And there's only so much there's about, if you're a pro, you might have 1700 calories worth of stored glycogen in your body and they're burning like five, 6,000 calories on a ride easily on a, on a massive three hour of four hour uh, tour ride. Right. So that extra um, calorie deficit has to come from somewhere. So if you restrict your calories, you're literally restricting your performance. Right. And if it's training, same thing. You want to get the most out of that ride. So why would you restrict the training effect by restricting your calories? Right. So, yeah, good points and definitely food for thought. And try not to use your cycling as your weight loss method. Like the, the activity itself is, is going to help you lose weight because you're burning so many calories. Yeah, I can, I can testify to that. I've, I've lost, I'm now down to 178 when I started cycling and I was at 212. So it'll work. Yeah, and I'm trying to get you to eat more and more on your bike and you've been doing that. So yeah. the, weight, the weight loss happens if from a nutrition standpoint. It happens the days between your rides. That's the most important time to do it, right? So the next important thing is to think about um, nutrition timing. So when you're on the bike, don't wait to eat. Okay, that's a common misconception. You don't want to use up your stored glycogen. That's actually the good stuff. The quality of uh, performance you're getting out of ATP and other anaerobic stores and glycogen is really, really high. That's your that's your nitrous oxide when you're climbing and, and things like that. You want to preserve that for as much as you can so that you have that at the end of your ride for your race winning sprint or your favorite climb or whichever one you want to beat your buddies on, right? So you've got to preserve that as much as you can. You do that by uh, getting more circulating uh, carbohydrate and calories in your body through ingesting food. So I use a 20-10 timing method. So and it's just as you can tweak it based on how you feel. But typically speaking, I would eat every single 20 minutes of the ride, starting from the time I leave my house, not the time I meet my friends. So 20, 40, 60, et cetera, et cetera, all the way until the end of my ride. And then drinking on every 10 minutes. So that also means, like you touched on, that after I eat, I'm also having fluid. So you touched on fluid helps gastric emptying, right? 
even if you have drink mix, it will still help gastric emptying. It just won't help it at the same rate as maybe having just pure water. Um, so think about, think about drink mixes that work for you, right? You're going to have to experiment with that. There's basically like three different types of drink mixes you can experiment. One is just plain water, right? So that's the easiest for everybody. Now, if you're having plain water, that means you need to carry more food with you to get the carbohydrates that you need. The second one is electrolyte-based drinks. So electrolyte-based drinks is going to allow you to absorb the water a little bit better because it's got um, sodium and electrolytes in it, which you're sweating out all the time, right? So that's going to cross the blood barrier and kind of create the deficit. Now, uh, salts and things are somewhat involved in cramping. So if you can replace that, that's a really good thing. So something like Scratch Labs, where they do a low-carb, high electrolyte uh, balance, that can be good. So you're still getting some carbohydrates through there, but not as much. So it's kind of more on the watery side of things. And that can help people with um, gastric issues who might want to get more than just water, but can't handle the sweetness of, say, a born mix. And then that would be the next step, is if you don't have gastric issues, you can handle sweet stuff. Um, you can take much less food with you and get a huge benefit of the digestion rate of having more calories in your water, in which case born, or I really like the goo roctane. I find goo roctane has as much calories as most other drinks, but it's not as sweet. They use a different type of sweetener. They use maltodextrin and things like that. Um, so you just play around with different brands and see what works for you. Um, average rider would go through one of these big bottles um, which is 750-ish mils every hour and a half. If it's a hot day, you're going to go through one of those an hour. So if you're going for a four-hour ride, you're going to need three of those. If you're going for a three-hour ride, you need two of those. If you're a smaller person, you might need a little bit less. And if you're a bigger person, you might need a little bit more. So there's a lot of playing around to be done there. So you can see, like, just talking about ride nutrition is like a huge topic and yeah and it's going to open up a can of worms but it's a fun can of worms yeah and and you know if you're if you're listening and, and any of that you know i'm sure some of that you'd like to us to expand on or that you weren't quite clear about please do feel free to send us a send us a question and you know this this one can definitely be unpacked into little bite-sized pieces that we can return to yeah um, I'll, uh, I'll send out an email to a, a blog that I wrote um, last year, and it basically covers most of the stuff that we talked about and how to calculate your calories and stuff like, like that. So you can always refer back to that. And again, it's just a starting point. It's giving you a baseline to work from. And then as individuals, you need to find out what works for you. Real food versus gels and bars that are formulated nutritional timing can you eat on every 20 minutes or does it have to be a little bit longer if you can eat even sooner that's probably a better so just play around with it till you figure out what's right for you okay and we have um uh, another que a question specific to the workouts that we're doing right now so i want to get that in on the time that we have you and we'll say we have some more beginners tips but we'll get into them uh next week but for this, so this is in relation to the, the, the threshold workouts that we're doing. And the question is, the hill that I want to do workouts on is the first part of the SFU climb. But it currently takes me around 10 minutes to do it. Right now, we're doing four by eight minute intervals and then four by nine minute, minute intervals. So do I turn around and go down the hill after eight minutes, finish the hill in recovery? Or should I just continue the intensity and extend it to four by 10 minutes? 
That's a good question. So <clears throat> it would it would depend on the workout. Ultimately, if you're doing um, if you're trying to replicate the workout specifically, you turn around and you go back down, right? I would say if trying to hit 10 minutes is compromising your ability to reach the power targets or the set intensity that we're prescribing, don't try to aim for longer. So don't think of it as finishing the segment, right? Think of it as how much time did you spend at that effort that we're prescribing? That's the most important thing because that's what's creating the um, training effect. So in other words, now, if we're talking about nine and 10 minutes, you probably could get away with that because it's not a huge discrepancy. But let's say we put you on your favorite climb when we said, okay, Alex, you're only allowed to do five minutes of this climb, but you really like finishing it and it's eight minutes long. You would have to change the amount of power that you're putting out in order to elicit eight minutes of it versus five minutes of it. So you would actually change the workout and the effect you're going to have from it. So I'd say err on the side of caution, finish your eight minutes. If you want to finish off the segment, that's fine. You can just gently pedal, but make sure at the eight minute point, you're in recovery mode while you finish your segment and then you can descend back down. If it's more of a kind of a, an ego thing and you want to see how well you're doing, maybe set yourself a goal of setting a best time early in the season and just doing an all out effort, then doing the training as prescribed. And then maybe four or six weeks later, going back to your segment and doing another all out effort and measuring it on the day. Just remember that segment um, times and where your position <clears throat> on the segment is, is always going to be affected by things like uh, wind temperature, road conditions, whether you have a friend there and you're drafting for a little bit, those things all affect it and they have nothing to do with your fitness or your performance itself. So always have a little bit of perspective when you're doing those things. Yeah. Hopefully that answers it. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. And um, I think that'll wrap it up for this week of Coach's Corner. I don't want to keep you too long. So thank you so much. And yeah, we'll get into some more uh, tips about long rides next week and again if you have any questions please email them to me or send them to me through whatsapp and we will try to get to them at coach's corner thank you so much for your time paul thanks alex great chatting with you have a great week bye